It's, it's, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and uh, it's probably the first, it is the first African-American superhero family um, on network television so I think that in itself is groundbreaking and to have my character and uh, Nafisa's who plays uh, the oldest sister, yeah. having that be uh, you know, like a love relationship in the making is also, I don't think it's ever really been done in terms of like a superhero couple, so that's amazing. I get messages from, you know, young girls, Asian, American, or otherwise, um, you know, saying how amazing it is to see someone represent them, and that just is, melts my heart, it brings me to tears, like, yeah, it's very fulfilling. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Blur himself, and this is Issue 79. Now, for this issue, we're going to discuss a name that you guys should be familiar with by now. It is Grace Choi. Grace Choi. Again, that name is Grace Choi. Now, Grace Choi is a fictional superhero, of course. She is from the DC Comics universe. This character was created by Judd Winnick and artist Tom Rainey. She first appeared in The Outsiders, Volume 3, Issue Number 1, back in August of 2003. Uh, now, that was not that long ago. Jeez, does. Uh, Grace is introduced as a young Asian American woman using her superpowers, uh, powers in sh uh, strength, healing, and enhanced durability to make a living as a nightclub bouncer who is reluctantly recruited by a superhero acquaintance, Ray Harper, to join his new crew of heroes, The Outsiders. So Grace Choi, again, you guys should know Grace Choi, Grace Choi, Grace Choi, if you've been listening to Black Lightning Matters podcast, the podcast covering the Carefree Black Nerd uh, official Black Lightning review with my co-host Cole Jackson of the government name BYNK Radio fame. Uh, go and check that out. We will have some links in the show notes. <laughs> but yes, Grace Choi. So keeping in uh, on brand rather for the pride month of it all, we're going to discuss a hero, Grace Choi. <laughs> Take a drink every time I say the name Grace Choi. Now, Grace Choi is a character who is uh, near and dear to my heart, kind of. So, with the Black Lightning Matters podcast and the Black Lightning Review, Grace Choi, take another drink, has shown up on that show, of course. And we have some very interesting thoughts on her and on the character and how she's been portrayed. But when she first appeared on the show... I had intended on looking into her comics history. For whatever reason, I never did. Now, the way I feel about Grace Choi, take another drink, is the way that I feel about Luke Cage, Luke Cage, <laughs> Luke Fox of Batwoman fame. The Luke Fox that's in the Batwoman TV series is very different from the Luke Fox from the comics. And that's the same way I feel about Grace Choi. The Grace Choi from the Black Lightning TV show is very different from the Grace Choi of the comics. I think that they all can exist and they are all important iterations of those characters. But now that we've gotten several seasons of the Grace Choi, take another shot, 
on the Black Lightning TV show, I think it's important that we revisit the Grace Joy, taking another shot, <laughs> of the comics. Now, Grace has a few set of powers, a few, a few sets, a few, a few pieces, a few... A few uh, powers under her belt. <laughs> now, one is divine empowerment. As a half Amazon, even of mingled Banna bloodline, Grace still carries the gifts of Athena, Aphrodite, Demeter, Hera, and Hestia. Which is interesting to me because she is an Asian woman. Um, where are the Asian gods? But, whatever. Enhanced sense of smell. She can smell blood, fresh blood at some far distances. She has superhuman strength because, of course, who doesn't have superhuman strength? She's often described as a juggernaut. Uh, superhuman durability. Grace can withstand explosions at close proximity. Now, that is a damn good job, job, a damn good power to have. Uh, but her skin can scar and burn, and her hair can be burnt away. Um, now, she can take a punch and survive but she cannot take hundreds of punches in brief succession so something like chun Li with that fire kick would probably whoop her ass um she has a high tolerance to alcohol which of course means she has a high um resistance to medication as a result her physio of her physiology grace does not feel any effects from medication including pain meds um she's really good at hand-to-hand -hand combat she spent much of her teenage years fighting for both sport and for money. <laughs> and accelerated healing. Uh, it's noted that Grace once healed herself from third degree burns to her face without any visible scarring. Though this may have taken several months. So let's get into this Grace character. Now before doing so, please use that hashtag CBNPod when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, when you're tweeting, live tweet this episode. Let me know what you think. Answer the questions and ask some of me. Um, also, comment in the comments. Uh, if you're on SoundCloud, hit that heart. Everywhere else, leave those reviews. Let me know that you're listening. Let's make this a conversation. Now, Grace Choi is the daughter of an American, I'm sorry, an Amazon of Banna Migdal. Now, I don't know if I'm even saying that correctly. Banna Migdal. Um, yeah, but these are the Amazons that are a splinter group which broke off from the Amazons of Themyscira. That was over like 3,000, 4,000 years ago. So just as an FYI. But I'm not sure I'm even saying that correctly. Banna Migdal. Uh, she grew up in different foster homes, but never really had a home. The only foster parents she had fond memories of were the Lindsay's of Cleveland Heights, Ohio. When she was nine, she ran away from her latest foster home, fleeing from a very abusive environment. Now, Grace survived only two months on the streets because she was, what, kidnapped by a child prostitution ring. What the entire fuck? Now, I'm all for traumatic backstories and, like, stress and drama, but shit. Who? Some motherfucker named Tanner led this uh, prostitution ring. Now, Tanner... I First of all, fuck you and anybody else named Tanner. No, <laughs> JK. But no, fuck him. So she was branded on her back with a triple downward triangle. This was on her lower back. Now, this is with her and dozens of other children. Grace was kept as chattel, moved around the state for men to use. She endured this for three fucking years. Now... <sighs> Again, I'm all for a dark backstory. I'm all for the drama of it all. To me, this seems kind of too dark. 
Um, again, I don't know. It, it seems like a lot. Now, we get some callbacks to this event later on, so I get the importance there. But some of this feel like it could have been scaled back a bit. Um, I mean, the story's out there, so it is her backstory. But I just, knowing that, and then seeing the character that we got on Black Lightning, you can see where they drew inspiration, but it makes it hard to translate these stories and this character to like a cable show, which shouldn't be an issue. But when you're on a show like CW, which I feel like Black Lightning probably should have been a CW, CW, a DC Universe, like a HBO show or something, because this, I don't know. Um, but I digress. So when she was 12 years old, Grace Choi, take a shot, <laughs> her powers kicked in and she escaped. So thank God for that. She settled into this new life with superpowers um, and she started following other superheroes. She did not like the Boy Scouts of it all like your Supermans or the Marvel family. She was more fond of the vigilantes like Black Lightning. She really enjoyed him and she followed him because of his methods and his background. Now, we're going to take a pause right here. I want to describe the way that Grace looks. She's a female, a woman. She is seven feet tall, 230 pounds, brown eyes, black hair that's often dyed auburn. This is important because, again, this isn't your average superhero woman. This slim trim big breast accentuated ass hips thighs and whatnot like this woman is big as fuck seven feet who fucking with her who who fucking with grace seven feet and super strength like when you're seven feet and you work out you already are imposing have this look about you but you're also superhumanly strong Woo! yeah so there's that. So, <laughs> getting back into her backstory. She spent some time fighting for pay and for pleasure. Because, like, why the fuck wouldn't you? It's easy money. You're seven feet tall, super strength, 230 pounds. Like, God damn it. I do it too. Shit. <laughs> so, before she became a bouncer at the biggest metahuman nightclub in Metropolis, Chaney's. Now, anyone with any information about Chaney's, hit me up. Use the hashtag CBNPod. A lot of times, I slip into... Um, comparing metahumans from DC and mutants from Marvel. And it's not always a very accurate kind of comparison. Um, they have the mutant growth hormone and the all that bullshit and the inhumans and whatnot over there at Marvel. And so I wonder if this Chinese and this metahuman underground nightclub of it all is similar. Um, I'm more... I'm more versed on Marvel and on mutants and on power sets and whatnot as a whole versus the metas of DC. Yeah, everyone knows your Wonder Woman, your Flash, uh, your Green Arrow and Batman and Superman. So everybody knows that those are household names. But if you were to ask me about the like intricacies of the metahuman like social order, what I wouldn't know that stuff. So bringing up this Cheney's nightclub is very interesting. Like, it piques my interest, especially because this is a metahuman nightclub in Metropolis. This is Superman's, like, hometown. This is where he fucks shit up. This is where he is sworn to protect. So, I wonder, like, what type of club is Cheney's? Is it somewhere that he would frequent? 
Like, I don't know. That's, I'd like to go to Cheney's. Where everybody knows your name. (laughs) So she also started following more and more in her adult ways. Now they have her listed as having casual sex with many heroes and villains, including Speedy, a.k.a. Roy Harper. (sighs) Something about the way Grace's, Grace Choi, take a shot, sexuality has been handled kind of puts me off and I don't know exactly why. I don't know how to get out what I'm feeling. Um, All I know is I don't like a lot of the ways that her sexuality has been uh, handled. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't like that. But if you feel the same way, let me know. Use the hashtag CBNPod. Or if you don't, or if maybe you think you can kind of explain a way a bit better than I'm able to. But something about it just don't sit right with me. Now, she also had some previous uh, intimate interactions with Green Arrow and Plastic Man. Now, let's go to her joining the Outsiders. Arsenal recruited her for the newly formed Outsiders. Now, Arsenal, for those of you who are unaware, that is Roy Harper. Arsenal is the vigilante identity of said Roy Harper. This is Green Arrow's ward, pretty much his legacy character. He has also been known as Speedy and Red Arrow during his very long career. Um, He is not a super-powered person, but he is damn good with arrows and projectiles. So he can throw shit. He can probably throw a deck of cars and cut your head off. He can throw shit real good. Now, Arsenal recruited her. She, even though they were friends, she wasn't really feeling that shit. She was like, nah, you know, fuck this shit. Outsiders, fuck y'all. I don't fuck with y'all. Y'all on that bullshit. I'm ready to get active. Y'all ain't trying to get active, little mama? No. <laughs> so, he told her, he wanted her to join the Outsiders. Now, if you've known Grace for a long time, it's like you knowing your friends. You might not be your best friend, but you kind of know your friends. You should know what motivates your friends. She wasn't going to join this fucking club. Because that's the fuck it is. It's a club. Until he told her that the Outsiders job would pay her three times more than her bouncer job. Which is like, why not lead with that? Don't try to appeal to our friendship and, oh, we can do this. No, show me the money. Don't fucking play. <laughs> like, she probably would have been down from day one if you had to start it with the money. Now, her relationship with the Outsiders was a very difficult one from the beginning. Um, she was constantly chastising them, most notably the Android Indigo. Um, and she continually questioned their team's effectiveness and their role in this big hero landscape that they found themselves in. Like, she was on the outs with a lot of them, mainly Nightwing, who at the time was the leader. Her casual attitudes towards sexuality also led to insults by others. And this is where, again, I revisit. I don't like the way her sexuality is handled because to me it's, and maybe... Maybe I'm wrong, but the way that they're describing it and the way that it's being handled makes it seem as if there's something wrong for her for being sexually active um, or that they're like putting the whore or hoe or um, prostitute or any negative connotation onto her based off of her sexual experiences. And my issue comes uh, with that most directly is what the fuck does who she fuck have to do with the fuck what y'all are doing? And I know that don't make sense, but example, if we in the middle of a battle, is she stopping getting down and fucking right in the middle of battle? Because if that's not the case, then it shouldn't fucking matter. So I don't know. I just don't like the way this is handled. And Thunder, first of all, fuck you. 
<laughs> so Thunder again for y'all. You should know who she is. This is Anissa Pierce, the daughter of Black Lightning. So um, Thunder wasn't really feeling that shit. Now, nonetheless, after all this drama and shit that they dealt with, she did eventually earn the group's respect, and she in turn respected the other members and the things that they're able to do. Um, and the good thing is, sometimes she even pushed them much farther than they were able to go themselves. Again, this motherfucker is seven feet tall, two thirty, full, um, super strength, can whoop, molly whop every last one of you motherfuckers. I'm, I don't think I'm gonna judge her on her sexuality. I'm like, fuck that. Oh, you. You slept with 30 people last night? Yes, girl. Kudos, because what you're not going to do is beat my ass because I got to turn my nose up or say some slick shit. No, Grace Choi. I I support you, sis. So, uh, for the most part, the team worked really well in their early days. They uh, usually went after arms dealers. Now, during what was thought to be just another raid, Grace came across something that was far worse. I'm going to give y'all a second, pause it, I want you to tweet me, CBN Pod. let me know what you think that far worse thing was, or leave, leave a comment in the comments, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, she discovered a warehouse in New York with 30 children chained to beds, what the fuck, all these kids had the same triple triangle mark as hers, so... God damn, again, like, okay, so this, in this instance, I'm okay, but not okay. So I have the concern about her dark past, because it's very heavy, oh, very heavy. But having this incident come up again to kind of remind her and maybe have her work through that, I, I'm okay with that because it's mirroring her own childhood, but god damn, the actual child um human trafficking of it all that's a lot that's a lot and i'm hoping that you could take care with telling these types of stories and not to say that they don't deserve to be told because these are things that are happening but i just oh when it's put in the context of a superhero comic it's fine but because things are always being retconned and rebranded and restarted with number ones and whatnot that's where my fear comes in with handling such serious and real world issues. Like if you look at Captain uh, Marvel over at Marvel Comics, um, Carol Danvers and the whole like rape impregnating time jump of it all that was handled by the Avengers. And like, it, for, I don't, it's just, I don't know. It just, it just feels, it feels odd to say the least. Um, so yeah, she found those kids, 30, 30 fucking kids, man. Um, and so while the rest of the outsiders moved on to their next mission, finding arms dealers and stuff, Grace, she went on on her own, like, fuck all that. She didn't let nobody know. She just did what she had to do. So in about a week, Roy Harper found her. He recognized the brand on her lower back, even though it was covered up because she had a lot of tattoos. That's the other thing. Grace has a lot of tattoos. Now, when they confronted the outsiders with this new mission, the leader, Jade, felt it was a job for regular law enforcement, which is so odd to me. I get if y'all have a certain thing that you're doing, but oh, not to say adults are less deserving than children, but if it was like an adult human trafficking ring, you could be like, okay, let's give the evidence to the police and let this be that. But things are like children, 
30 fucking children. If we found 30 children here, ain't no telling how many have already been in circulation or how many are being kidnapped now. Oh, man. But Arsenal and Nightwing both sided with Grace. Um, they later suggested going public. Now, they work with America's Most Wanted and its host, John Walsh, which is so, like, I love it when real world um, people and certain institutions are equated to the comic world. I, I just love that. Now, with the combined strength of the television audience and the outsider's advanced technology, they hoped that they could bring down Tanner. First of all, fuck Tanner, bitch ass. Now, this brought them a lead, a registered sex offender named Martin Andrews. Now, while they took out several warehouses and froze dozens of children, freed, excuse me, freed, not froze, they freed dozens of children, it took a turn for the worse when one arrested man recognized Roy Harper from his addiction days. Tanner decided to fight back and kidnap Leon Harper. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. Leon Harper, um, just so you know, is the daughter of Roy Harper and Jade Nugent. So... Because they recognize Roy Harper, a.k.a. Arsenal, they were then able to get personal and kidnapped his fucking daughter. Whew. Now, John Walsh informed the outsiders of the arrested man, Reese, that he was going to turn state's evidence, but give only enough information on Tanner to get himself off. Uh, they intercepted him during transport and got the information that led to another transport, which is like, God damn. They freed Lynn, so that's good, and gained new intel that led them to Tanner. Grace confronted him and beat the shit out of this motherfucker. She beat this motherfucker black and blue, but she didn't kill him. All her life, all she wanted to do was kill this nigga, but now she couldn't. She left him on the, for the, she left him on the, <laughs> she left him for the police to find. And while Nash hoped she had gotten closure and hope out of it all, she felt that she was still just as angry as ever, which understandably so. Um, a lot of times in comics when you have characters who are like, they can't, they don't want to kill like the X-Men and shit and Batman and whatnot. I'd be like, man, kill these motherfuckers. But I also get that there's a particular audience that is reading these books. Um... But either way, I just, I don't know. I don't like the idea of just dropping someone off for the police to find. Um, and it may be my own, like, thoughts on law enforcement at large. Um, it's it's canon. These things happen. But I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. I'm, I'm, with the state of the world... And with the issues that we've been dealing with, when I see the law enforcement pop up in books, though I know this is from years ago, it still feels odd. Um, the police, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't like it. I'm going to just leave it at that. I'm, I don't like it. So moving on, Grace Choi remained a member of the Outsiders. She assisted with toppling the regime of Mali. She got along quite well with the newest team member, Captain Boomerang, and the two were involved in somewhat of a questionable interrogation of some soldiers involving torture. Now, Captain Boomerang, well, well Mali, um, let's see, how am I going to go about this? Captain Boomerang, if you guys watched... I think that was that dude from Suicide Squad. Owen McGregor, the son of the original Captain Boomerang, 
uh, Fighting Minute's father, Boomerang, contacted the calculator. It's a whole thing. He's not a person of color. I'm not really trying to go down his history, but whatever. Her and Captain Boomerang torture some motherfuckers. Now, after an unsuccessful mission on ooh, Oolong, Oolong Island, I think I said that right, uh, with Checkmate, Nightwing handed over the Outsiders to Batman, who elected to decide on his own roster. So Grace has been through a whole hell of a lot of shit. Um, I wonder if the torture along with Captain Boomerang was like carried over from her anger from dealing with Tanner years ago and then Tanner more recently with those 30 kids in the New York warehouse. Now, Amazon's attack. <laughs> During the Amazon's attack on the United States, Grace did her bit to protect Washington. Washington, D.C., that is. She proved very effective. She took out 24 Amazons in a two-hour period. Karna, the leader of the Amazons of Bagna Migdal, had followed her for some time. She had a sample of Grace's DNA and surmised that she had banner roots. With this knowledge, Karna tried to recruit a new ally. Like, come on, sis. We one in the same. Grace was tempted, especially by the thought of finally belonging to a family. But Superman arrived, and the, the revelation of Banner war crimes made her reject the offer. Which, fuck you, Superman. Shit. <laughs> now, Karna cut her losses, and she held Grace hostage. Which, Karna gotta be a bad bitch. If you holding Grace hostage when she's one stronger than most Amazons, this motherfucker, again, 7 feet tall, 230, with superhuman strength. How in the fuck you holding her hostage? <laughs> Now, faced with a knife to Grace's throat, a knife, sis, a knife, I don't, come on, a knife. Man, you better pull out a fucking machete on Grace, a knife, alright. Maybe not, maybe Grace from the Black Lightning show, but not no Grace from the comics. Now, <laughs> now with that knife against Grace's throat, Superman stood helpless as the banner possessed him with the shield of this, wait, okay, <laughs> let me turn it over. Now faced with a knife to Grace's throat, Superman stood helpless as the banner passed through the shield around the city which only Amazons could enter. Karna immediately retaliated against Grace for the rejection of stabbing her in the lower back. It took some time to recover, but it, as it has not hit any vital organs, she got up with some help from Wonder Woman and she rejoined the fight immediately. Fuck all that. You ain't about to tell me that these motherfuckers then came in and held Grace hostage and put a knife in her throat. Man, fuck all that. To me, <laughs> Grace can whoop the flow with all you motherfuckers. But whatever. It's canon. It happened. But in my head, canon. No. No, I fail. Now, five of a kind. Five of a kind. When the war was over, Batman wanted to reform the Outsiders, which not after the war was over. He wanted to do that anyways motherfucker so <laughs> grace's banner roots required further investigation over the fear of her loyalties he sent her on a mission with wonder woman to cleveland to investigate a bomb left behind after the war at wonder woman's insistence they included a trip down memory lane as batman still had to decipher banning documents who made this motherfucker the head motherfucker head nigga in charge when it comes to Having a contingency plan on everybody and figuring out who's who and what's what. Like, he can't be the only motherfucker with this power. Like, who is keeping tabs on him? And it shouldn't be no motherfucker in the Bat family. I don't want it to be no fucking Nightwing, no Batwoman, no fucking um, 
Alfred and Commissioner Gordon. Fuck that. Who is watching over Batman while he watching over every other motherfucker that's in the fucking world? Fuck. I'm sick of this shit. You don't get to just be the head motherfucker in charge because you wealthy. Nigga, get, your, get it together. Shit. Uh, that's that's the end of my Batman rant. Now, while he's investigating her her banner roots, um, Grace's former foster parents had died years before in a car crash, which that's unfortunate. Now, the bomb was left in a federal courthouse. The nuclear device incinerated normal humans and would even hurt Wonder Woman. But Grace's banner physiology physiology allowed her to touch it without harm. Unfortunately, it was a suicide device and Grace's touch armed it. Like, what the fuck? What? (laughs) And when she dropped it, the countdown timer activated. With Batman's help over the radio, Grace disarmed it. Alright, nigga. She proved proved herself to you now, Massa. Can she join your little funky-ass team? Now, pleased with her performance, Batman welcomed Grace as the final member of his Outsiders. (laughs) So, yes, she can join his little funky-ass team. Now, despite being angry that Thunder washed out during Batman's try and had been excluded from the team, she still accepted. So she was like, man, my homegirl, Thunder, you ain't letting her join. But yeah, I still I still want to be in this motherfucker. Now, Outsiders no more. <laughs> when Batman disappeared without a trace, the Outsiders went looking for him across Gotham. Grace and Metamorpho went to Arkham Asylum, where Dr. Arkham informed them that the Joker had instructed the inmates to sing a song about Batman after giving them a picture of Batman's tombstone. When they returned to the headquarters, Grace argued with Batgirl about Batman's trust in them. Grace was devastated when Thunder was left in a coma after an explosion that caused Remax death. Man, shit. So Thunder in a fucking coma. Damn. Now, after the destruction of the Outsiders' headquarters... She blamed the accident on Batgirl, who unintentionally allowed the attack to happen. Grace went to the hospital where Thunder was recovering, and after one last discussion with Batgirl, Grace was the first member to leave the Outsiders, and almost all the others followed her. And we're going to leave it there. Now, Grace, Grace Choi, take another shot, has been through some shit, and... I'm all for representation, so I'm happy that she has been included in the Black Lightning television series. I only wish they would have gotten a an Asian woman who more closely looked like the Grace from the comics. Now, I don't know where you're going to find a 7-foot, 235-pound Asian woman, but there are women out there who do not fit this, like very particular CW look conventionally attractive very slim uh she just looks like any other woman that could be on the show like it would have been nice to have gotten a more muscular a more um I don't know if masculine is the right word but a more um oh I don't know the right word to use but someone who was not like cookie cutter of what a CW woman character is like she looks i don't know and then for you to have grace um the way she looks on the show she's they still to me are not utilizing her in the best way especially with this backstory like it was hinted at um that she was dealing with being kidnapped 
I don't know if they touched on the sexual child trafficking portion of it. I can't recall. Memory kind of hazy. But they could have done better. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is an interesting story. This is an interesting history. Um, I like this character. This makes me want to know more about her. Um, a few things of note. Grace has had sexual relationships with men and women. Though she's never considered herself explicitly bisexual or pansexual. Which you cannot consider yourself something all day long. But the receipts are there. But whatever. She described her sexuality as having sex with men. But relationships with women. Some would suggest that she is homoromantic bisexual. Which, okay. Cool. Still under that umbrella. Uh, Grace's knowledge of her heritage is unclear. Um, she was mocked for it. For not telling her teammates. By a Mala. M-A-L-L-A-H. Um, and her reaction to shut up about it implied that she knew who Mala meant when he was talking about her people. Um, I wonder how many times have Grace been written by an Asian woman, Asian American or just whatever. Like how many times has her character been handled by someone who has the same background as her? Um, mm, I don't know. Cause I feel like there's a lot that could be done with her character uh, she has a lot of intersecting. She has the sexual relationships, the uh, homo-romantic bisexualness of it all, uh, being an Asian woman, being uh, in the foster system. It's just a lot that I feel like the Black Lightning show has not done very well. Um, what are your thoughts on Grace? Uh, I'm sure I've probably missed some stuff. I feel I, I, I ended it pretty abruptly because there's not. I want to get into too much because I don't really know anything else that she's been in outside of the television series. If there are some books of note, like things that you feel like this is Grace, you have to read this. I mean, of course, outside of Outsiders or if there's a particular issue of Outsiders that you absolutely love or even an episode of Black Lightning that she was in that you felt like was stellar. Let me know. Use that hashtag. Uh, BLM pod, <laughs> CBN pod, um, also use the hashtag CBN LGBTQ if you'd like, um, that is the official carefree black nerd, uh, support hashtag for any and all things LGBTQAI plus, um, allies, I guess as well. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, I don't know. I like the great character. I like that she's around. Um, I like that we have her on the show because I feel like with her being on the show, regardless to if you like her or not, some people didn't know anything about her. So seeing her show up on the show probably prompted a lot of people to look up her character's backstory. So, and probably a portion of them actually going out and finding the Outsiders uh, comics, finding her individual issues, looking her up extensively because of course, like she's, I'd say she's an icon. Her and um, Anissa and their relationship, however I feel about it, I think that people really do like seeing these two women on screen, in love, doing their thing, doing what they do. So that's good. Uh, and actually, when we met Grace Choi, take a shot, on the Black Lightning Pod, Black Lightning Podcast, <laughs> Black Lightning Show, she was in a library with Anissa and had a, I believe she had a, I don't know which one it was, but an issue of the outsiders in her hand. Like that was her introduction. So that was cool. I did like that. Um, I don't know. I think Grace is a good character. 
I don't know so much about her live action appearance, but it is what it is. Y'all let me know. How do you feel about Grace? Do you think she's been handled well, both in comics and on TV? What would you like to see from a Grace going forward? Like, I would love to see a solo story. I would love to see a something on uh, DC Universe. Don't give me the five-minute treatment that you gave Vixen. Give me, like, a full series, limited even. Give me six episodes of a Grace story. You know, make it original. It ain't got to have shit to do with, with this. It ain't got to have shit to do with her uh, live-action Black Lightning appearance. Give me grace. Give me, give me more. Give me more. Give me, give me more. In the words of uh, young Britney. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been the second installment of the CBN LGBTQ of it all. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Um, everyone out there fighting, protesting doing what you need to do, fist in the air, I support you wholeheartedly, um, there are petitions still going around to be signed, I'm going to try to include some in the show notes if you guys want to go and, um, and donate and support, there's also a YouTube video and I have to find out which one that is just playing, you just play it on loop and you can passively support the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, so all that being said y'all, Email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, carefreeblurred. Hit me up on all other social media, carefreeblacknerd. Leave a comment in the comments. Hit that heart. Hit that like on Apple Podcasts. Please, 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 please make sure to leave a review. Leave me that five-star review. Let me know whatever it is, and you know, I'll read, read the shit on the air. <laughs> so, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Pride Month. And until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay away from jobs if they ain't paying you three times as much as you made as a bouncer at Shaney's in Metropolis, goddammit. Because uh, we need this money, honey. <laughs> All right, y'all.